everybody, it's me again. I'm back with my incredibly creaky chair and hopefully just a more energetic attitude because for the last couple of book reviews that I've done, which I don't think will have been released sequentially because there was a lot of pre-recorded movie ones, but I've just felt very low energy. Every book uh, that I've looked at took me like two, three weeks to just force myself to read and it left me with, you know, not a lot of energy for just the review because I was just so glad to have finished the book and I kind of struggled to come up with things to say because I just wanted to leave it all behind me. That is hopefully in the past because I breezed through this latest book um, which was actually quite a joy to read and I was really excited to like get to the end in a fun way for once which was let me tell you a different experience. This book is called This Poison Heart by Kaylin Bayron, uh, and it's like a quite a recently published book. Um, so uh, that, that's very different to stuff I normally look at, which has been out for de honkies years. Um, but this one really caught my attention when I saw the cover in the back of uh, a magazine. Like it was one of these like free book magazines, bookshops pass out, and I was like, ooh, because it's this really quite a resting scene of this woman like controlling plants and like vines and stuff and I am so into Poison Ivy like one of my favorite movies when I was a child was the, the Batman and Robin movie like the George Clooney Batman movie with Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. I adored Poison Ivy and I wanted to be her and this book was just everything that I wanted because you I have so rarely seen books about people who can control plants so we've got that going on and uh, the blurb for this is thusly. To break an ancient curse, she must let her power bloom. Briseis has a gift. She can grow an apple tree from a seed in a heartbeat and flowers bloom at her touch. And when she inherits an old house, she suddenly has the privacy to test her powers for the first time. But as Bree starts to magic the house's rambling grounds back to life, she finds she has also inherited generations of secrets. In a hidden garden overgrown with the most deadly poisonous plants on earth, a dark legacy lies waiting for her, and Bree's long departed ancestors were at her rest until she finds it. So I don't think it's a massive spoiler to say that this book blends that kind of poison ivy vibes. At one point, the, the main character is referred to as the black poison ivy, which I loved. Um, but it also blends that with Greek mythology, which if you remember from my Circe review, I adore. So there's a lot of stuff in this, principally about the Medea myth, but also circling back to Circe and Hecate as well. So I loved all of that. So the plotline is basically that um, Brie Briseis, she is adopted. Uh, she has this fabulous pair of mothers who I loved for the simple reason that it was so nice to have parents in one of these books who didn't just go, oh god, we're helpless, what can we do? But would actually just like actually fly at people who were coming to attack their daughter. You know, who would act like real people and not these passive little mice women. So I enjoyed the hell out of that. But they own a florist shop and Bree's kind of struggling. She can't really tell her friends about her powers, but it's really hard for them to stay hidden and her friends always notice something weird about her and she's worried about losing control and, and destroying things so she's kind of keeping it all in and, and very worried about it and also researching a lot of stuff to do with botany and poisonous plants as part of trying to learn who she is and why she has this mysterious ability because she doesn't know anything about her birth family or any of that stuff. And suddenly, when the rent on their shop is going sky high and they need to find somewhere else to live slash set up business, a woman arrives and says, hey, 
your birth mother's sister has recently passed away and she has left you this huge house upstate in this little town and it's yours for the taking you can move in straight away so they have a little discussion and again i think the mothers are like the perfect characters for this because they say sort of in the same conversation this is a great opportunity but if you're not comfortable we're not going to take it like this is some excellent parenting and you don't normally see that in these like ya books the parents normally annoy me quite frankly um but they, they, they decide to go and give it a chance and they get to this house and Bree starts to find like letters left by Cersei, who is her like biological aunt, um, telling her about secrets and leading her to this magical walled garden full of insanely poisonous plants. And Bree begins to discover that she has other special abilities that she didn't even know about before this all happened. So that's uh, exciting and then all these secrets start to build things in the town start to become a little bit weird there's people showing up at the house in the middle of the night like looking in through the windows again the characters react normally to this they like run outside with a taser and they're like fucking get off my property they don't just like say that it's nothing and then not contact the police um so that's wonderful. Also blended into like, especially those early scenes, is a, a very real take on the like reticence that this family of entirely black women would have contacting the police about this sort of thing. I felt that like that really worked really well, like bringing that into the story. There were a couple of moments later on where these kind of issues were brought in but it wasn't as seamless and it wasn't as natural in in terms of, of like the narrative it felt like they could have been copy pasted into literally any part of the book and still stuck out as much as they did so that was something that i didn't enjoy i i felt like those issues were important to discuss and there was definitely a way to work those in but on, on a couple of occasions they really did sort of stick out as like this maybe wasn't the moment to put that in, or maybe a moment could have been created that would suit this discussion better. Anyway, so Bree starts like settling. She meets some people about the town. She meets Carter, who is the boy who works in the bookshop. Uh, and she meets Marie, Maria. I can't remember. I just thought of her as that girl who's probably a vampire. I think it's Marie. Like I looked it up and I've already forgotten again. God damn. Marie, it's Marie. Let's just try and remember that. But she makes friends with Marie. As I said, Marie is basically a vampire um that i don't think she's actually meant to be like a vampire but i mean she has like eternal life and is really fast and strong she doesn't drink blood but that's about the only thing she doesn't have in common with vampires uh and i don't feel like i'm spoiling anything there because it's real obvious from the moment she shows up she's all like saying things that don't quite make sense and you know she has a dark secret and yada 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 now at the heart of the whole like storyline uh, of the book is the the Medea story. So I'm going to trigger one here for infanticide because that's what quite a lot of the story is about. So like the traditional story of Medea is that she marries Jason of Golden Fleece fame and they go on their magical adventures and it's all great. And then he cheats on her after they've been married for a while and so in response to this she murders all of their children to like get back at him and this is something that you see in like it's a it's a trope in like other stories like i think it's part of the la urona story um or at least it was in that one movie that i saw that was terrible can either confirm or deny but it is this kind of trope and the book spins that on its head much the same way that the uh, cersei novel spins cersei smith on its head by saying actually 
Medea is the one who has been wronged here and you know obviously that's still present in the original myth but this really amps it up um, and creates this sort of new mythos which connects Medea back to Circe and also, also the goddess Hecate as witches so there's a huge witch presence in that area you know even aside from the main character having these amazing plant controlling powers she is also like descended from this line of very powerful women who who had a connection to the goddess of witches so there's all of that in there there's also some nods to other kinds of practice so you've got sort of someone in the town who is an alchemist you've got someone who's running i guess kind of like a botanica she makes like different like candles and things like loaded up with herbs and stuff that she buys from the uh, apothecary which used to be in Briseis's house and then also you've got one of her mums who's descended from people who like take conjure really seriously and although she doesn't really believe in it that much herself there's still that that kind of uh, superstitious part of her so when they move into the house she she doesn't really like a lot of the stuff that they're finding there and she finds it very creepy because of her background so there's a lot of other practices that are kind of hovering around on the outside and working their way into the main plot as well. Now, for me, at least, like the opening third, maybe opening half of the book is the strongest part. It's where all this mystery is, the horror elements, like when they see people, you know, walking around outside and there's all these creepy mysteries and secret rooms and stuff. That's what I was really here for, and I think they make like two separate references to Get Out, uh, the movie, um, about this like small town environment, and it was kind of building up to a sort of horroriness, which was sort of absent from the second half of the novel. I also kind of got a little bit annoyed, or not annoyed, but disappointed with the climax because it was quite predictable, and I felt like the book itself and like what the author had done with with everything they brought in was better than the ending like the ending felt substantially like it was unworthy of the rest of the book uh, so i'm going to get into pretty spoilery territory now so if you'd like to be gone and go read this book i do heartily recommend it grab yourself a copy and then come back and listen to the second half or just you know read it and enjoy but here are the spoilers. So we find out that there's this big, dark, horrible secret that they've been guarding at this house. It's been this family's um, secret for generations. And um, Briseis finds it. And it's this plant, which is also a heart. It's the best way I can describe it. I described this to my dad when I was sort of enthusiastic about the book. And he instantly started calling it the plot. So that's all I could think of for the rest of the movie. And I forgot... Movie? Book? Goddamn, Sarah. And um, I've completely forgotten its name, but it has a fancy name. And it's basically named after Medea's brother, who, who is also murdered by Jason, and was split into six pieces, and the heart is one of those pieces. So it's a plant, but also a person, uh, like also human, and it's watered with blood, and it only grows under the moonlight. Shit's dope. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought that we were going to get into this thing where maybe we would find out that Briseis is actually a plant. Uh, because it kind of reminded me of a movie called, I think, Dead Silence, where there's this lady who's really obsessed with puppets, and then she makes a puppet that is a human being. And I thought that's where we were headed, like, that Briseis was going to be, like, a plant person. There we go. 
Now, as it turns out, it just turns out that this heart is a very sought after plant because it's one of the ingredients in like the elixir of life, which can give you obviously eternal life. And the sisters who, who lived in the house originally had two. And this is where I became slightly unstuck because I was like, what do you mean two hearts? Because when they said this guy was split into six pieces, I thought, OK, six pieces. But then they start saying six hearts which sounds weird to me like if you're gonna split a person into six things some of those things are gonna be like arms legs the head maybe one of those things is going to be the heart but why are they all a plant that looks like a heart that just seemed very odd to me and i kept getting stuck on that idea and it, it kind of ruined the ending for me a little bit but there we go this heart grants eternal life and there's people out there who obviously want to get it and who are coming for briseis over it even though she doesn't they know what it can do yet this thing is insanely poisonous and she's the only one who can get close to it because she is immune to what basically all plant poisons not sure if she's immune to all like chemical poisons they never really test that with bleach or stuff like that but she, she can touch it it becomes incredibly obvious who the person who, who's after it is because there are a very limited number of suspects and one of them just keeps being creepy and weird and it annoyed me slightly that Briseis never really commented even when she was finding this stuff out. Like, she's told that the guy who is her love interest and his mum have only recently moved to town. But they've been told by them that they've lived there for ages. They grew up there. And she just never comments on this. Every time someone's like, oh, yeah, they've only been here for six months, she's like, oh, cool, maybe they're mistaken. And then she just forgets about it. And fresh off the Wicker series with you know, Cal and his mum, who turned out to be evil, as well as the love interest. Oh, I was I was keeping an eye open for that shit, so I saw that coming. But they're after the plant, because, you know, eternal life. And it turns out they're descended from Jason, so they're also kind of descended from gods and all of this stuff. And it felt by the time we got to the end of the book, there were a lot of layers that hadn't fully been worked together for me. Um... And I kept coming back to the whole six heart thing and it really started to bother me. And I was so caught up on that that I didn't really want to engage with some of the other like myths and stuff. It started to get very complicated and I felt like it could have been simplified ever so slightly in, in certain areas. Just to give it more punch. Because where we're left is essentially a cliffhanger where Briseis loses one of her mothers and is told if you want to bring her back from the dead you need all of the hearts like one will give you eternal life if you take it when you're alive but if you want to bring someone back from the dead you need all six all six pieces of, of this dead guy and i was like oh, okay that's fine there's gonna be another book coming out that's cool and all but at the same time there was a lot piled on top of each other so you've got like this the old medea story the new medea story the, the story of like jason's family line and medea's family line you've got the story of the hearts which doesn't quite make sense because there's six of them and why would one person be turned into six hearts really stuck on this idea uh you've got you know the appearance of the goddess hecate at the end and all of this stuff about you family and her birth mother and where is her dad who is her dad we never find this out um, there's a lot of stuff left up in the air and a lot of different like layers piled one on top of the other about all of this different mythology. And sometimes those layers don't quite meet each other in the clean square corners that feel satisfying, if you see what I mean. 
because we find out oh yeah marie has this immortality because she was given one of the hearts and that's why there's like a bear patch next to the original heart because there used to be two but then i feel like that kind of boxes you into a corner of they all need to be hearts as opposed to different pieces whereas i feel like it would make more sense if she'd had a piece of the one heart that they had and the other pieces were like different body parts uh i just felt like when i got to the end there were all these mysteries and some of them were very satisfying to like see all the different moving parts come together to a sharp point and go aha now we know what's going on and some of them just kind of missed that slightly and it felt like the explanation for them didn't quite make sense for me and wasn't as satisfying in a way that I couldn't really define, but which I still found a little bit disappointing. But I will take that slight mild disappointment uh, and put that down to like, maybe I need to read it again and know all this stuff and kind of have those initial questions answered so that I can focus on the bigger ones. I'm prepared to like settle for that as opposed to just having to force myself to finish a book that I hated because that very much not was not my experience with this. I really loved this book, couldn't wait to get back to it. There were there's a slight lull in like the third act where there's just a lot of like people driving to each other's houses to talk about things. Um, but aside from that, it was a rocking thrill ride full of mysteries and poison ivy powers, and I was absolutely thrilled to have like reached the end and been like oh okay now i need to read the second book which hasn't come out yet but i'm looking forward to it uh the same author has also written a, a, a novel called cinderella is dead so i don't know if that's witchy or not but you know definitely give that a read if that's something you're into like fairy tale retellings for me this had just like it had witchy stuff it had poison ivy stuff it had a lot of humor in it as well like the the quality banter between like Briseis and her mothers was so so good and so so like on point for just a family and a teenager. It didn't feel that very kind of weird sitcommy family type vibe where you feel like you know people don't talk like that to their kids. This felt very natural and very engaging and it was fun to be part of their family. So much so that by the end where like one of her mums goes off on an errand and we're reaching like the dramatic climax of the novel, I was genuinely worried that she wouldn't come back. Like, I actually cared a lot about these characters by the end of the book, which doesn't usually happen with, you know, the parents of, of characters in teen novels, at least for me. Uh, I tend to just sort of see them as like, they have to be there to pay the rent, but do you really need them for the plot? Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed that, really enjoyed the character, and will definitely be coming back for book number two. And I suggest you go out and get a copy of The Poison Heart, like now anywho thank you for listening if you have any other book recommendations like this one or other books you'd like me to take a look at do get in touch drop those recommendations into the comment section and i'll get back to you as soon as i can be bothered to check because i'm a professional in the meantime i'll see you in the next one bye